Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Thursday, July 23rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Royals played three exhibition games, or summer camp, to tune up for Friday's opening day against the Cleveland Indians, and there wasn't much encouraging about those contests against the Astros and the Cardinals. The Royals led for one inning in the three games, with pitchers having a difficult time commanding the strike zone. But those were exhibitions. The first games played since mid-March, perhaps the Royals were just working out the kinks. The 60-game season begins with Danny Duffy on the mound Friday. He's making his third career opening day start. Brady Singer, who pitched well last year in his full first minor league season, gets the second game starting assignment in something of a surprise move. Beat writer Lynn Worthy previews the 2020 Royals today. And after a break, you'll hear from Danny Duffy, the team's most experienced starting pitcher. Well, Lynn Worthy, ready or not, opening day is arriving for for all of Major League Baseball, but we really only care about the Royals right now. And I say ready or not, and based on what I saw this week in three summer camp games, it's more not uh, for the Royals. They had a rough week in uh, against the, the Astros, the two games at Kauffman Stadium, and then at St. Louis on Wednesday – we're recording this Thursday, and of course the Royals play at the Cleveland Indians on Friday night in the in the opening in the opening game. Um, what were your big takeaways from from the exhibition week that was? I was really hoping to see a little bit more encouraging signs by the Royals. We'll get into personnel matters here in a second, but just overall, what were your impressions of the Royals this week? Uh, the pitching is, gonna, is still going to be a question mark. I mean, I thought it was always going to be a question mark, but the um, the answers to that question were not looking good, at least uh, through the exhibition games, put that way. Um, so uh, it's it's going to be an ongoing, um, you know, situation all season between guys coming in and out. And um, also just you weren't really sure about some of the pitchers that you are probably going to have to rely on. They were unproven commodities and just um, few through a few exhibition games, they're still not quite proven. Right, right. I was, I'll tell you what, specifically about the pitching, what was discouraging to me was just the inability to to command the strike zone and leadoff walks, um, mm-hmm. walks anytime, but leadoff walks, especially from, from starters. Um, and, you know, that's why the, you know, the Royals played three, <laughs> three games this week and they led for a grand total of one inning uh, in the three games. So, they fell behind early. They stayed behind. I thought the, the the second game against Houston was absolutely atrocious. The one that they lost fifteen to six, and I got to imagine Mike Matheny was pretty pretty unhappy with um, with the way his pitchers performed this week. So, what you know, what did he have to say about it, and what um, what's the what's the solution for the Royals here? Well, I know from his standpoint, he he just can't stand the walks. Um, the free, as he calls them, the free bases. And he includes, you know, um, giving up, you know, stolen bases or wild pitches and all that. You know, any anything where you're giving up a base, even from the walk to just once they get on base, giving them advancing bases. But um, So he includes all that when he says free bases. But the walks, I know he just couldn't stand. Um, I mean, to me, the ones that stood out, or at least I guess maybe stood out as more frustrating were, um, you know, Jorge Lopez uh, gets out there against the Astros and he came in after, I want to say he came in after Sparkman and 
he hit two batters when he had two strike counts, um, which is, you know, again, free bases, but they weren't even walks. It was you got to two strikes on guys and then hit them with inside pitches. Um, it was sort of, you know, uh, I don't want to say funny, but the fact that, you know, I, I turned on the TV later on and see on SportsCenter they're talking about or on Twitter or they're talking about Astros hitters got hit. And I'm like, well, there were two <laughs> strikes on both of those counts. He wasn't trying to hit guys. He just wasn't throwing strikes. That's just, you know, that was not a – like ah, now we're gonna get those Astros for everything they did in the past. Like no, no, that's that was not the situation. Um, I was yeah, following. It, the, it, it would have been I, more encouraging if that was the situation. <laughs> but that was not the situation. I was following the game and and uh, I was watching the game and had Twitter called up and and all the the anti Astros and there are many of them out there because of as you said the um, the sign stealing scandal that. Uh, uh, that, that, that they're embroiled in. Um, yeah, when it was Altuve and Springer, and I forgot who the third Astro that got hit that day. But uh, they, Twitter was going nuts because they thought this was okay. The retaliation begins. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, no. I'm shaking my head saying, no, no, not, no. Not even close. Yeah, because I think um, uh, Bregman was one of the ones that – Lopez hit with two strikes. Yeah. Um, I think Springer, I'm trying to remember, some um Springer might have been the one that uh I'm, shoot, I'm trying to remember. Kowar hit somebody, and I can't remember if Springer was still in the game that late, but Kowar hit somebody with a curveball that just didn't break. Because that's still that's that third pitch that he's still working on. And it was um it was a little little dicey that day that he was throwing. So I'm think I can't remember if it was six, uh Springer that he hit, but I know he he hit somebody with a curveball that just didn't just got away from him. So, um, but yeah, it was um, it was not that. It was just an inability to throw strikes consistently, falling behind in counts, and then um, even though like like uh, Monty got uh, Mike Montgomery in his start, he worked around a little bit. Of, um, I think he gave up one run on a leadoff uh, leadoff walk in in the first inning. I'm trying to remember. He may have. One of the home runs he gave up might have been a two-run homer. I can't remember if it was a hit or a walk that he put a guy on for. So, but he was um, the home runs he gave up. He basically said those were just fastballs that you know uh, he was. He just decided to go fastball count there because he had need to work on the fastball command and um, you know and because of the setting he wasn't necessarily too worried about you know giving up the run. Right. More a matter of okay, you need to work on controlling the fastball because he had a good good feel for the off speed. You know, by all accounts, including asking Salvi and asking, you know, Matheny afterwards that the breaking stuff looked good, but the fastball was all over the place a little bit. So he decided to try and make himself throw it in those situations. So those got hit. But um, he did walk a couple guys, too. So, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, it is concerning. I mean, um, then in St. Louis, uh, Josh Stalmont came in and he, he walked, I want to say, three. He got he got away with one of them because I think they got him on the base paths. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's another one that, um, again, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work once we get to the, to the real games here. No. And look, it, it, you know, it's one thing to, you know, to not have command early in spring training and to work on pitches and, and to, you know, just do some things that you wouldn't do normally do during a game. But these were different types to me. These were different types of exhibition games, right? These are the, you know, these are the games, the first games that teams have played in, in more than four months. It's the only games, it was the only game that the Cardinals played as, a, as an exhibition before they opened, and, and the Astros just played the two. The Royals got three, which is almost like a, a big bonus for the Royals. I, I just thought, 
they, you know, at this point in the in the exhibition in the preseason summer camp, whatever you want to call it, you need to be a little bit more locked in and zoned in. And uh, starters were going to play a little bit longer just to you know just to get the a, a better simulation of what you're going to see when when the season starts. And and the Royals just look outmanned in in the three games. And that's I, I don't know after. You know, we, we've we've used this four month period to talk about, you know, how a sixty game schedule could advantage the Royals and teams that seem to have good young young arms and um, you know and that wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be a hundred and sixty two game uh, successful proposition, but maybe in sixty they could sneak uh, sneak in. But I don't know if I saw anything this week that led me to believe that. But but speaking of young arms, uh, we know we're going to see. Uh, Danny Duffy in the opener, making his third career opening day start. And Danny's certainly a uh, reliable starter for the Royals. He's getting the call because Brad Keller out with, um, you know, still recovering from uh, the COVID. But the game two starter, bit of a surprise. Tell us about uh, about who's starting on Saturday in Cleveland. Yeah, well, their former, former first-round pick from 2018, their double-A pitcher of the year last year, Mr. Brady Singer, will start the uh, second game of the season in Cleveland, his major league debut. Um, you know, he hasn't, he still hasn't pitched above double-A, but he's, um, you know, by uh, MLB Pipeline, he's their top pitching prospect. I think Baseball America has a, a different ranking there, but MLB Pipeline has them, him as their top pitching prospect. And he gets the ball on Saturday, the second game of the season in Cleveland against um, against a lineup that's, uh, you know, that's been – Pretty productive too. I mean, um, I was I was somewhat wondering whether if he uh, got the call, if they would maybe try and wait and let him throw against Detroit, which would probably be a much kinder uh, yeah. matchup. But I think with the immediacy of the needs they've got in the rotation, I don't know if you were really trying to line anything up. I think you you needed somebody who can give you some, um, and they had the confidence in him. So yeah, we're going to see Brady Singer second game out of the gate. That'll be fascinating to see. That's uh, that is so rare to see. Uh, oh, the idea, of course, for Brady was to probably get a you know get a full not a full season in minor league, but a little higher. He, he pitched at uh, Wilmington and Northwest Arkansas last year. Good numbers in his full, first full minor league season. I think the Royals were, like, you know, there there was talk about him being the fifth starter. So I, I guess this isn't totally out of the realm. But for him to be to go up to number two. Well, that's um, you know th- that is accelerating the path for Brady Singer, and of course, it's been uh, he, it, it's it's a, a circumstantial thing for the Royals as well. It's not just that uh, Brady Singer is a, is a top prospect with that they believe has great upside, but the Royals find themselves in need of healthy arms and healthy bodies right now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with uh, with Brad Keller and Jacob Junis not going to be in the rotation to start the season. Um, and I think it was leaning this way. I mean, like, uh, I think when we went, we were in Arizona, I thought it was a long shot that Singer was going to make the club out of camp in a, you know, a regular 162 game season when you actually had minor leagues, you know, back, back, way back then. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. but, uh, I thought it was a long shot then, but the fact that he was still in the rotation or still in big league camp, I should say, when we left Arizona, the fact that, you know, he was, uh, still, um, pitching well since they've come back to Kansas City. Um, the fact that it, so- it seemed like uh, it was moving closer and closer, I mean, to, to him getting on that big league roster. Uh, I mean, you know, three and a half months passed. He had the time to, to work on things. Um, it sounded like he made some strides. 
And then um, the, the thing that really made me think that he was going to be on this roster was probably last week. I think the, if I remember correctly, it was Friday night inner squad that he pitched and pitched pretty well. I remember talking to Matheny on Saturday and I actually asked Matheny about the changeup because um, that was the big thing that we've heard a lot about is the changeup is going to be an important thing for him to be able to pitch, you know, consistently at the big league level. And Matheny sort of pushed back on that and said, well, hey, you know, that he thinks that he didn't get enough credit with that slider and he uses it different ways and that should count for more than just one pitch for people to say that he only got two pitches. And it was it wasn't a a forceful pushback, but it was enough of a pushback that I'm like, he's talking about this guy like they think that he's ready. And that's when I started thinking, okay, they it's and this is before we knew for sure that Keller and Junis weren't gonna be in the rotation. So that's when I started thinking, yeah, I think mm. the three the three plus months and just the way they were talking about him made me say, all right, I think this guy is uh, definitely a candidate here. Um, and then Singer definitely, you know, we talked to Singer, as I remember the timeline Friday, he pitched, I remember the Ask Matheny Saturday, we talked to Singer on Sunday and, um, you know, he, he felt like he was ready. Like he wasn't going to bigfoot the organization in any way and say that he should be, but, um, you know, uh, I think he, he gave the, the PC answer, the one you're supposed to give when somebody asked him about making the roster that it wasn't his decision. So, right. um, so I, I decided to come at it a different way and ask. I said, well, asked him how, how prepared he thought he was to compete at that level. And there was no doubt. He, he, was, he wasn't shying away from that one. He thought he was ready. He just wasn't going to say that he should be on the roster. So um, it was moving this direction, I think. And the injuries or uh, the, the COVID stuff um, sort of pushed it along. Yeah, well, maybe he can, he can pitch his way into a, you know, a permanent spot here with, with some early success. Would love to see it from Brady Singer. He'll be the first of the of the college pitchers that the Royals have drafted over the last few years to to make his major league debut. So, um, as we're talking, Lynn, uh, I know you are waiting. We're all waiting to see what the uh, the thirty man roster is going to be. We'll know by we'll certainly know by the afternoon. And um, uh, you know, this the COVID plays into this as well, doesn't it? With Hunter Dozier now out, starting right fielder. Um, I, I don't know what the what the Royals were going to do beforehand, but this could open. Well, it's obviously going to open a spot for somebody who. Yeah, uh, well, so, and, and who, specifically, who it sounds like it's going to be uh, Franchi Cordero, who they acquired. Um, I think it was July sixteenth, or so. We're talking about about a week ago, a little over a week from, ago from the Padres, from the, right? From the Padres, yeah. It sounds like he'll he at least all indication is he he'll be on the opening day roster, most likely filling the spot that uh, opened up with Dozier on the IL. Um, because the indication we got when they made the deal was that he would probably be sent to the alternate training site and be working out there that he wouldn't, um, he wasn't looking like he was going to be a candidate for the 30 man roster, but with Dozier out, looks like he'll probably get that spot on the roster. Um, I don't know that he will be the guy that you'll see in right field. I mean, I think they've got a few options because I assume that Bubba Starling will be on the team. So you could put him in either center or right and, with Merrifield to play center or right, and uh, if Brett Phillips make it, makes it, which I believe he will, um, he he and Bubba are both out of options, and I think they're going to try and hold on to both of them at least to start the year. So that's another guy who could play in the outfield there, and uh, and so Lair, if they wanted to, I think they probably want to keep him at DH, but another guy. So um, Cordero is probably on the roster, but I don't know for sure that means he's going to be getting a lot of time in right field at least to start off. 
Gotcha. Okay, the other guy in that trade that the Royals acquired was Ronald Bolaños, I think is, is how we pronounce it, left-handed um, or right-handed pitcher. And, and of course, the, the, the Royals gave up Tim Hill. So, um, all right, let's um, – it wasn't all disaster last week. It was mostly disaster. But the, the Royals got a couple of home runs from Salvador Perez, which was neat to see. His timing is back after missing all of last year. And you mentioned Bubba Starling, a home run at Kaufman in the first game and then a home run at uh, – you know, in St. Louis in, in game number three, good to see Bubba showing some some power. And um, and, and that's th- th- those are encouraging notes. Yeah, and those weren't, I mean, and for uh, speaking about Bubba's home runs, they, they weren't no cheapies either. He was um, right. He got, he got a hold of a couple of them there. Um, and that's been something that he worked on the offseason. We saw him in spring training in Arizona showing some pop. Uh, it, was, it was something that, you know, he – he worked on with uh, hitting coach Terry Bradshaw, with John Mabry, who's on the major league staff. But also, um, he did a lot of work in the offseason with uh, Jeremy Jones over at Building Champions. And they had the um, some of the um, it's called blast motion stuff. And he was doing stuff with the computers and getting really into the analytics of the swing and everything with the oh, in coordination with the Royals um, uh, behavioral science department. So he was he's been putting in the work. He feels like he's starting to uh, come to grips with her to find the niche offensively that he needs to be in um, to be contributing at the major league level and uh, being able to pull the ball and do some damage is something he's really been focused on. Um, and obviously, we know, defensively, he's, uh, he's been, he's been up to snuff defensively for a while here. It's uh, it's the, the offense that's been inconsistent. So um, that was definitely an encouraging sign. And the fact that Salvi, you know, Tommy John, and then you get the three, three and a half months of, you know, just training in isolation. And then you get, you know, he gets a late start to the spring training 2.0 with COVID. And he comes out in the first at bat back in the interest squad. He gets a hit his first uh, inter, uh, exhibition game. He hits a homer. Uh, he hits another one in St. Louis. So he, um, he's, he's not your regular dude <laughs> and, no. he's, and he's right. back. <laughs> Yeah, fingers crossed that that uh, that continues for Salvador Perez. What a big boost that would be for the Royals lineup. Which, look, we talked about the pitching, and that is a concern, both the starting the rotation and the bullpen. But that lineup looks a lot better right now than it did last year with the return of Salvador Perez and Alberto Mondesi. And um, it's it's tough to lose Hunter Dozier, of course, um, but uh, uh, but but it's a little bit deeper lineup for for the Royals and. Uh, all right, Lynn, I know you've got to run. You're scrambling to catch a flight to go to Cleveland, and we wish you safe travels. We're going to take a break, and when we return, you're going to hear from Danny Duffy, the opening day starter on Friday. All right, Lynn, take care. Thanks. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars' award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash sportsbeatkc offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Danny, uh, I asked mine this the other day too, but you know, with Jake out and Brad out, 
and some uncertainty about the rotation. Uh, do you feel a little added responsibility uh, to, to, to pick up that kind of slack? No, not in this day and age. We got some dudes. We got some young dudes. They're going to be fine. They're going to be great. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what our rotation is going to be made of, but we got some dudes that could fill spots and do their thing, and they're very talented. Um, I know we're going to miss Brad. We're going to miss Jake. We're going to miss all those guys who are, you know, building back up or, you know, sick, and uh, we'll obviously miss them. Um, but I, I don't feel any more responsibility than I did before. I, I know what I got to do. I have, you know, I know what my job is. Did you have a bullpen a couple of days ago, or what, where where are you right now? Oh uh, yeah, I had a bullpen yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. So, um, or no, two days ago. It was Thirty pitches. Um, felt good. You know, it's final kind of tune up, and uh, I'll be ready. How much do you think you'll be able to extend on Friday? In terms of pitch count? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna probably just you know leave that up to our skipper. Um, I got up to ninety the other day. Um, including the innings in the bullpen. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see why I couldn't, you know, go as, as far as he wanted me to or asked me to. Um, so I feel I feel about, you know, you know, right where I need to be in terms of, you know, being stretched out and you know, being strong and being ready to go. Great. Thanks, Danny. Got it. Hey, Duff, um, what uh... – how do you feel like you guys as a group have dealt with sort of all the, the, the roster flux, you know, with guys, you know, COVID and everything else? How do you feel like you guys as a group have dealt with it? And I mean, it might be an ongoing thing all season. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something we can't see. All we can do is just kind of um, be prepared and, uh, you know, wash our hands, wear a mask, um, obviously, I'm not wearing one right now, so y'all can hear me. But I'm—I feel like I got a tan line on my face from wearing it as much as I have. So, um, you know, I'm—I'm I'm obviously taking every precaution that I possibly can. Um, but it's something we're going to have to deal with for this foreseeable future. And I think that you know we're all grown men in here, and we'll be able to do everything we got to do to avoid it as as best as possible. What well, um. Obviously, Skip announced earlier that, you know, Singer's going to get game two. I wondered what had been sort of your observations of him and if uh, if you had any advice for him. I mean, it's going to be his first uh, his first time out there in the bigs. Yeah, you know what? I mean, he's got the stuff to do it. I've told, I've, I mean, I've, I've always said that about anybody who comes up to the big leagues. You belong here. And um, Brady's been super impressive, man, and I'm pumped for him. Um, and, uh, you know, I never made my debut in front of no fans and, and without my family there. So I feel I feel I feel for him there. Um, I can't give him advice of how to make your debut in the middle of a pandemic. But uh, I think uh, I think in terms of when the you know when the ball drops and the, and the game gets going, it's going to be second nature for him. I got full confidence in that guy. Danny, how would you Danny. sum up the uh, travel experience uh, going from Kansas City to St. Louis, and how much does that acclimate to what you're going to be in store for Cleveland? Yeah, um, you know, on the plane, it was. Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit different for everybody. We all have the same guidelines that we agreed to. I think some people are a little um, different than others, but we're all following the protocols. Um, I'm someone who's. Um, 
maybe maybe a little more worried than most in terms of getting it and not being able to play. Um, I'm not worried if, you know, God forbid that happens. Um, I've done everything I can to not get it, but I don't want to get anybody else and uh, sick. And, um, you know, but, but we can't, we can't let these protocols suffocate us either. Right. Like we got to have, you know, our minds be free to some extent and still be who we are and still, you know, at least have some downtime and not have to think about, you know, what's going on. So we, we did a good job of, of, you know, maintaining, you know, protocols and, and doing what we had to do to abide. How was the, the plane ride different than any other one? Though? I mean, what would you guys normally do, play cards and stuff? Is that kind of off on the char- charters? Yeah, we didn't do anything, man. I mean, we, I mean, we pretty much just stayed in our seat, bro. So you got some short flights though during all this, right? At least yeah, you we had to go, go around the way to storm. We had to go around the storm. It was a, it was, it was a little bit more extended than most St. Louis flights, but, um, you know, we stayed in our seats, man. We stayed in our seats. That was it. Um, you know, there, it's, it's weird. There's like, there's no TVs. There's no, you know. Um, there's just, there's no cards. There's no, you know, dudes kind of, you know, pl- playing games and playing cards and really talking to each other a whole lot. Um, it was odd, but it's what we got to do. It's what we signed up for. Back to Singer a little bit. Take me back to your debut. You were just 22 years old. He's a little bit older than that. We haven't been around him a ton. He seems super confident about that he belongs in the major leagues. Does he seem... Uh, maybe a little beyond his years as far as that confidence level from all the guys you've seen and taking yourself back to yourself when you made your debut? I could see that. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've been a fan of the guy since he was at Florida, um, you know, even before we drafted him, you know. And when we drafted him, I was um, I was really excited for that and then being able to possibly play with him. Um, he, he's got a lot of competitiveness. He's got the heart of a lion when he takes the ball and goes out to the mound. Um I'm excited for you guys to see that. You know, I've been seeing it, like I said. Um, I watched him at Florida, and I I loved what he, uh, his character and what he had um, in his heart when he was competing. It's, it's really fun to watch. Any of you guys talked a lot, or maybe more than normal, about the importance of having a very fast and good start? Yeah. I mean, we all know we all know how, how quick this season is going to be, and uh, it is important. We're not, I don't think we're adding any pressure to ourselves, but it is something that we have to have um, a lot of urgency on. And hopefully what we could learn from this season, we could take into the next time we play 162, hopefully in 21, you know, and apply that urgency to every game in the marathon and not the sprint that is 2020. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy for stopping by and talking Royals on the eve of opening day. Catch his stories in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. Let me tell you about today's Sports Extra on the E-Edition. There are 62, count them, 62 pages of national sports coverage. Now, half of that is a baseball preview, but man, it'll take you a few hours to get through that. That is great stuff. 62 extra pages. 
Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage. The details at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.